Hey, this is Rachel True, and you're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of GGR Pirate Radio. We are at the diner. We are continuing our conversation about Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, all the things that can spring from that, all the different things that we wanted to see, the things that we liked, all of that wonderful stuff, as you guys heard in uh, the first episode. Joining us for episode two is three of the four, because Steve had his fatherly duties to take care of his two sons that he has he had to balance. But it's myself, Mike Lunsford. Uh, we've also got MC Brooks, and we've got James Rambo for episode two. I wanted to dive right into this because um, between the episodes, uh, we were talking a little bit about this. And MC, go ahead and bring up what you were saying, because I want to tie into something and see if you guys even noticed this about the um, about Infinity War and Endgame that, that I picked up on. Um, did you guys notice that Scarlet Witch lost her accent? Yeah, it kind of comes and goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there... and, and there, exactly. And, and, and I. I figured there was. So, MC, please enlighten us with the information that you know, because I didn't even know this. Yeah, I, I noticed it the first time because Wanda showed up in, uh, what was it, Age of Ultron? Yes. I think it was. So, basically, the way they explained the, the way, because I, I wondered the same thing. Uh, so, basically, the way they explained it is, uh, if, if you remember the beginning of Civil War, when you see her with, like, uh, Natasha and the others, the, the thing is, basically, uh, with with uh with her now working with natasha natasha's been teaching her like how to be a spy and how to disguise her voice and so that's why she loses the accent that's the way that it was explained oh and it's really like having rewatched civil war recently there's a natasha says something about it but it's you can miss it if, if you're like just vaguely not paying that much attention but there's like a reference that that is made as to like uh, changing her voice and so that's why the accent goes away in my rewatch i haven't actually gotten to that because I, I went really out of order i did um endgame or infinity war and then endgame back to back because i wanted to see if watching them back to back like gained anything from it other than like it was like the biggest fucking cliffhanger ever like mm-hmm. it's and we had to wait how many what was it almost a year before the other one came out like yep. it was being able to watch it immediately was, was some instant gratification, but like I got up to, I think the last one that I watched was age of Ultron, which I'm, I'm not that it's not that I don't like age of Ultron. It's okay. But like, there's, I don't know what's wrong with it. If that makes sense. Like did like Rambo, are you, are you tracking with this at all? Like, like it's been a while since I watched it, but I honestly don't, I was never, on the 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 wagon of like this movie sucks. Um, I don't think it sucks. It was just like no, 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 I don't. I don't think that's what you're saying. Um, yeah. It's a very all right. So the 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 big difference between the first Avengers movie and the second Avengers movie is the first Avengers movie is the team coming together to you know to right a wrong to 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 save the world and. It's nothing that they did that led to this. The second Avengers movie is them 100% having to fix a problem that one of them created. Yeah. Um, so the the overall feel and themes of it are very different. Um, and I think that, like, it's, it's, 
even when it's kind of an upper, it's much more of a downer. Um, and you you get a real solid payoff for a lot of what happens in it in Civil Wars, but specifically um, with uh, with Zemo. You get to see that very personal, um, intimate uh, uh, result of, of what happened um, through his character. Um, so at least for me, like I, I, I think that is part of what turns a lot of folks off. But I can't say much more beyond that because I actually I really dig it. Yeah, it's I'm trying to figure out what it is I didn't like about it. There was just like it was it was fine. It was like I, I think in the grand scheme of things, it was just like the first Avengers is just so epic, you know. And like you said, they're they're all heroes in this one. They couldn't have possibly done anything wrong. And in this one, like you said, it was it was almost like they created their own problem. Um well, Tony did, you know, Tony and Bruce in their <laughs> infinite wisdom. Um, and it really kind of like it, I think it was more so like Aven- uh, like Avengers, the first one really like, hey, this is a self-standing movie. You could watch this without seeing any of the other movies. And it's it's just a thing. It's a thing. And it ends and it's done. And there's this like, ooh, there could be more coming because Thanos is like, fine, I'll do it myself. Like, OK, cool. Great. Wonderful. But like once you get into um, Age of Ultron, it's now midstream of all of these other movies and they're all tied together and they leave all of these fragments of things that have to be dealt with because maybe that's what it is. And like, again, didn't, it's not that I didn't like it. It just, it sets it up for, I'm going to need to watch more because there's so much more going on. Cause Thor is like, he leaves and he's like, Oh, I got to figure out what the fuck's going on with these infinity stones. And the Hulk's gone. And like it's the, like he's he's on the Quinjet, but where the hell is the Quinjet going? Nobody can find him. So like we there's this tension between Cap and um and Iron Man, but they're all like, oh, we're going our separate ways, and now there's these new Avengers. So it's I, I like I like what it sets up. It's just like I I can't figure out what's missing in that one. It's comparatively, yeah. Like from at least for me, like that's. Yeah. That it's it's it sounds. Well, I mean, look at the color palette. Yeah. The whole movie is a little more washed out. Um, yeah. it, it's not as bright. Like the 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 color. It's fuck. I hadn't really thought about this, but the color palette for the Avengers movies overall, it mm-hmm. starts on kind of a high end in terms of the saturation, and then it dips as they progress until you get to end. It's Infinity War and Endgame where it starts to climb back up. Um. The so visually the storytelling there is also saying like this is a little not I hate to say use the word grounded but it's a little less bright and shiny comic booky and it's a little more like hey there are serious real world consequences to doing shit like stopping an alien invasion or you know fucking dropping a city yeah. um and I I think that's that's a big part of it is is it's the the discord within the story overall. Um, no one's walking away from Age of Ultron feeling good. Um, because even though like the Avengers do their best and they do end up winning the day, you still end up with like, yeah, but shit went really sour. Like, yeah, <laughs> this, this is a this is a hell of a reveal. There's a um, there's a sequence at the end of uh, Death of the Family, not Death in the uh, Death in the Family. Uh, Death yeah. of, the, of the Family is the the Scott Snyder Greg Capullo Batman story where the Joker comes back um, and he's like, 
oh, me and Batman used to be so close, but now there are all these people in the way, people being the, the Bat family. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill all of them, and then it'll just be me and you again. Um, and, of course, in the end of the, you know, the end of the story, Joker loses. Um, or does he? Uh, because you get the, there's this piece of dialogue from him about how, you know, Batman's like, you know, I won. We won. We beat you. And he's like, did you, though? Because ultimately his goal is to break the family. And the story ends with Bruce sending out a message to everybody saying like, hey, you know, we should meet up at the mansion, like have dinner and talk about what happened. And all of them turn him down. Wow. And you it's it's that same kind of like, you know, yeah, they won, but it's 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 kind of a Pyrrhic victory in that they won. But at what cost? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's so much the actual filmmaking. Like, I know that there's yeah. some background on like the, the, the writing of it and the producing of it. Like there's a re in the direction of it. There's a reason that Joss Whedon was done after the second movie um, or reasons. But I think it's it's really more about how we as viewers end up feeling about the way that movie was made the, the way that movie, like the, the actual narrative itself. Um, yeah. You don't feel good at the end of that story. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, and Josh was, I mean, uh, you kind of alluded to it there. Uh, one of the big things was there was a lot of interference from Marvel studios when he was trying to make that movie. Just as far as what scene they had issues with what scenes he with uh, scenes that he uh, uh, that he had shot and other stuff that he wanted to do, um, he had to negotiate to get certain things put in. Otherwise, they were going to remove uh, remove other parts uh, from the film. I think um, the a scene with Thor in the cave is like one it was one of the uh, one of the ones that they kind of went back and forth on. Josh Whedon actually wanted to include Captain Marvel and Spider Man in Age of mm -hmm. Ultron. Uh, originally and and uh, that ended up not happening because you know they didn't they didn't have a Carol Danvers and they hadn't worked out any deals with Sony or anything. I think that, that I mean that that's a I think that's also a big part of it. Like you you could tell just from a narrative perspective there were there were a lot of issues with the film. And you you get a lot of like you know that's that's I mean it's certainly well past the time of uh, of Iron Man two, but early. Marvel is no stranger, uh, uh, well, Marvel Studios is no stranger to butting heads with their directors. I mean, Scott Derrickson just left Doctor Strange 2 um, over arguably, like, what started as a fucking, like, tweet. Like, him talking about, like, oh, yeah, this is like, this is a horror movie. This is a straight-up horror movie. And then Kevin Feige being like, oh, well, kind of. And there's you get all these weird little little backpedals where at the end of the day, you know, Marvel's still owned by Disney and Disney still wants everybody's money. And if you're any one thing, you know, it can be it can turn some people off. Um, so there's still there's there's this there's this back and forth of like trying to make a more homogenized product that is going to be have greater mass appeal. Um, while at the same time trying to be true to these stories and 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 gather as much money from different people as possible, particularly you know the fans who are going to be very vocal about things. Um, but yeah, I brought up Iron Man too. Like Favreau was going to do a third movie, 
And it was on Iron Man 2 when, when Marvel was like, alcoholism, now that's too much of a downer. What if we did this instead? Like, Iron Man 2 was supposed to be Demon in a Bottle. And you get a little bit of that, but the whole, like, tritium poisoning thing, that was yeah. not supposed to be the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so instead, you end up having to have this, you know... Like, don't get me wrong, Iron Man 2 aged much better than I thought it would at the time. Like, I rewatched it pretty recently, and I dug it. Yeah, but same. I did too, same. yeah. You... It's unfortunate that Disney is not willing to take some of those risks. Um, and it's not like they're making these movies for kids. Adults and, and like adolescents are the ones who are going to see these movies for the most part. Adults yeah. are bringing their, bringing their kids. Um, but like, we're talking about war crimes and fucking mass genocides and like all these <laughs> things, but they want to, but they, they, they're going to shy away. Like, you know, we'll never see nudity in a Marvel movie. It's not going to happen. Um, makes sense. I mean, like, no one's ever going to say the word fuck. Like it's, it's these are these, these things are just not going to happen. Um, the only times we really got instances of of like shit was in the Guardians movies, uh, and that's because James Gunn is like, yeah, it's, it's PG thirteen. I can use I have this penny. Like I can, <laughs> here are all the things I can do. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, Age of Ultron in particular is it's. It's not a happy movie. It is not an upper. Um, yeah. I mean, fuck, Death of Quicksilver, man. Like that was rough, dude. That like, was fucking like what? <laughs> and he was a fun character too. I'm surprised yeah. that they killed him off like that. Like yeah. he's a game changer, man. A speedster. Like, and we only got like one, like half of a movie out of him. That sucks, man. I loved his Euro trash accent so yeah. much. Yeah, it made me so happy. <laughs> We got. Uh, I think they just uh, they're bringing him in for the Wandavision show. Are they really? That makes sense. That makes a lot of yeah. sense based on what little I know about that show. Yeah. I um. So the big thing, the big thing with this is like, um, I kind of want to pivot back to what we were um, or like kind of our original topic here. Um, let's talk about some of the things that we we liked about what Endgame and Infinity War did. And then things that we want to see more of. And I wanted to tie this into what Steve was saying with the Magneto conversation. I'm pretty sure that Disney has kind of said, like, listen, we love Magneto. He's great, but we're going to give him a rest because there's a lot of other villains we can use. And he's been done a lot. And like we said, too, like, fucking leave Dark Phoenix alone. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> leave it to the cartoon. Yeah, they, exactly. They did it right. Exactly. Like, and, and it's this weird thing. It's like this it's like this macho bullshit that directors take on who are like, I love the X-Men so goddamn much that I'm going to do another Dark Phoenix and it's going to be good. And it's like, dude, no, you can't. And here's why. Because this new X-Men cast, we've only seen them in one movie. You can't establish this this early in anything. Like, you just can't. Because it, you need time. You need time for people to understand who the fuck Jean Grey is. Like, you can't just be like, oh, she's this sweet, psych- you know, telepathic person that can do all these cool psychic tricks. And then now she's evil. Like, and not only that, they're not even getting it right. And that's what's frustrating me is like they just keep fucking it up. But at any rate, one of the things that I've always wanted to see with this, because like I, I went back and again and watched them both. I really enjoy it. And there's a lot of really interesting things. But like. At the very end, I thought the payoff that they gave Cap, while it was awesome that he got to be with Peggy, and I thought that was freaking wonderful. I want more of that. 
I want more than just seeing them dance through a window. I want her waiting for him in the cafe. I want him showing up at the cafe and saying, like, you got time for a dance? Like, I want to see that interaction. I want to see them, like, living their life a little bit. But I also, more importantly, like, I, we all know Steve Rogers, Captain America, for the most part, right? There's no way that he went back in time and let Zemo do what he did, right? Like, there's no way that he allowed that to happen, right? Like, he, he fucking nipped that shit in the bud. He had to have, right? Knowing what he knew of the future, he had to have made adjustments to it because he's, he's fucking Captain America. There's no way that he would yeah. let that shit slide, right? Like, or, I mean, are you guys with me on this? Or do you think that he was just like, nope, I'm going to bang the shit out of Peggy Carter for like 60 years and that's it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm with you in the sense that I do think Cap probably did, did uh, you know, he did, knowing what he knew, did go and make some changes, especially since it would have just resulted in an alternate timeline instead of affecting the one that he ended up returning to his old cap eventually. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think with the, like with the arc that Captain America took over the course of the entire MCU to that point, I think the, the point of just, uh, of just having him be with Peggy in the end was to show that he did the thing for himself. Cause he was, he was, he was, he was always about doing the thing for, for, for the, for the team for the people he's with, for others. And I think that the point at the end was that he he's he's finally able to do something that just benefits him, which is being yeah. Peggy. Yeah. Do was Rambo, as our in-house comic expert, was there ever any what if or series where we got to see Cap like go through the fifties and the sixties and like, you know, like punch Richard Nixon in the balls or like <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the thing. You 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 never like Captain America has always been a character. Um, he's always been a man at a time, but that it, it's easy to forget how much time elapsed because yeah. for us now, it's like, Oh, it's been like 60 years, but the fucking Avengers premiered in the sixties. So it was like 15 years. Ah, um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, hell there's, you know, uh, uh, uh when I say secret empire about Captain America now, a lot of people will go, ugh, and understandably so. Um, but there was a story, uh, like, that the, that modern story takes its name from a story called Secret Empire back in the 70s. Yeah. That if I recall correctly, I believe Steve Englehart wrote um, about uh, uh, the reveal that the president is, a, is like, a fucking neo-Nazi. Like, he's, he's, he's part of a secret empire. Um, Wait. And it was... It a neo-Nazi president? No, yeah, no, that never would happen know, right? in this country. Crazy. If I, I, <laughs> I, I, I've never read the story. I only know it in bits and pieces. So I, I'm probably, I'm very fuzzy on the details, and I'm probably wrong about a couple things. But I do remember distinctly that that story ending with Captain America confronting the president, the president being Nixon uh, at the time, and before he can be brought to justice, him putting a fucking gun in his mouth. Um. And kind of like that is the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the fucking story where Captain America's like, I, America is not, like, the, the current America is not the place that I wanted to defend and, and help. So I'm going to take a step back for a while. And that's when they introduce the nomad identity. Um, where Steve Rogers is like, I am not Captain America. If they want to do that shit, have at it. But that's not me. Um, 
So the, 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 shorter, the, the shorter answer to your question is um, pretty much the entirety of Captain America's run has been seeing Captain America dealing with the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Um, there was a what-if where, I think I in the 80s... I forget that he's been around for so long. That, that's what, yeah, yeah. Dude. I, didn't, I didn't even think about that when I mentioned it, so that's a, yeah. a good point. No, I mean, it's, not, it's a reasonable question. Um, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the matter of perspective, though. Um, there's this, there's a what if story. I, I, I don't know the details on it, but there's a what if story, I think from the eighties where, and it's what if Captain America was thought out today. Um, so you, you get to see more of that sort of, uh, uh, you know, there's a greater, uh, um, uh, 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 a chasm of, of time between when he, when he went into the ice and when he came out of it and how does he react to that? Um, but yeah, man, like Cap has always been, he, he's been a man out of time for a long, long time. Um, and it's to, to, to piggyback on, uh, what we were talking about, um, with last up, last episode with, with Magneto and, yeah. um, characters, the, 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 it's wrong to say the problem, the difficulty with telling some of these stories using some of these characters is they are so clearly direct allegories and, and very specifically characters from particular times Yeah, that when you start to shift that and change that, it can have major effects and really, really, uh, uh, really kind of fuck with the, the storytelling, not necessarily in a bad way, but you have to be very clever and very self-aware in terms of how you're going to explore those stories. The smartest thing that Netflix did when they did their their uh, Punisher story was even when they were specific about what like they're never particular about what war, war Frank fought in. You yeah. can piece it together. You can figure out where he probably was at around what time, all that. But for the Netflix story, it's important that Frank Miller is is a a soldier and B has seen action. And yeah. that's really it. Yeah. Um, I mean, based, yeah. yeah, based on his, based on his uniform, based on like the people they're fighting, it's obvious, it, it's obvious that it's the Middle East and it's obvious that it's yeah. the most recent war on terror. Yeah. yeah but exactly. I, I get you, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but there's, uh, uh, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend, um, Grant, Mo- Grant Morrison's, excuse me, Garth Ennis, uh, Garth Ennis's run on the Punisher, uh, but specifically the Punisher Max, which was Marvel's adult imprint. Um, he, you know, he, he does some very whacked out, funny, super violent shit as is Garth Ennis's deal. I mean, this is the writer of Preacher. Um, but the, the very last the story well, yeah. is called, um, Valley Forge, Valley Forge. And it is a story told in two parts. One, uh, these, these four generals that have been set up as like the major villains for the entirety of like a 60 some odd issue run. Um, they're like, we need to, like, how could we kill the Punisher? We've tried all these different ways. And one of them has the idea. It's like, well, Castle has proven that he won't, like, every time we, we send somebody after him, we send, we send a fucking murderer after him and he kills them. Cause that's, that's his whole deal. Well, what if we sent good men? What if we sent like guys who uphold the law and who, who do the right thing? Like he's shown that he won't kill like good cops. He'll hurt him, but he won't kill him. How do we handle that? 
And so the one part of the part of the story is like, all right, these four like highly decorated, you know, uh, uh, not corrupt uh, uh, soldiers are being sent on this mission to take out the Punisher. What is he finally going to break his like one rule um, and just like be become an indiscriminate killer for his own goods, for his own goals. The second part of the story is the, the, the name of the story comes from Fort Valley Forge, which is the fort that Frank was assigned to at the end of Vietnam. Um, it's the last, it's the last major battle. Um, I don't know if this, if there's any actual truth to it, but knowing the degree to which, and this is a student of war and he is, if you want to read some fucking war comics, look up like war stories and yeah. there's a story called Sarah that he did. They're, they're fucking phenomenal. Um, but the, the second part of the story is like actual prose excerpts from a, a book written by the brother of a guy who was stationed at Fort Valley Forge at the same time that Castle was stationed there. And that story, that, that second part of it explores the horrors of Vietnam, the, the nature of not just war, but that particular war. And it's, it cements like this is the only time and place that a guy like Frank Castle, who like could have become the Punisher is in Vietnam. Um, the brutality of it, the abandonment of, 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 of the soldiers by the, the U S government. Um, it's, it's fucking astounding. Uh, it's really, really uh, well put together. Is that the one where in the end, like basically more or less like he sells his soul to the devil? It's so they, they don't talk. So, so short answer is yes. Yeah. Um, back in the eighties, uh, and Punisher war journal, there's a story about like a demon, um, essentially like approaching Frank and being like, you know, if, you know, if you make a deal with me, then you can get out of here and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, all right, I'll sell my soul. Um, and then, um, Ennis wrote a story called Punisher born, which was a four issue miniseries That was a, a front end bookend to his Punisher max run. Um, that, ex- that specifically explores the, the, the last, like really fucking awful bloody, uh, fight at Fort Valley forge. Um, yeah. But the way that, that Ennis does it is he's a little more subtle about it, where there's like there's a voice in Frank's head that kind of pops him. It's like, do you want to get out of this? Yeah. And he's, he's, you know, he's like, yeah, I want to see my family. He's like, OK, great. There's there will be a price. And he's like, what do, what do I owe you? Don't worry about it now. Do you want to get out of this? Yes. And the story ends with Maria and the kids picking Frank up at the at the airport. And he sees them and the voice comes back in. It's like, so about that price. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I have read that one. And, and I, <laughs> it's like, so good. And it's, oh God. And like, the, like Derek Robertson does the artwork and the way he draws Frank's face in that last panel is yeah. heartbreaking where it's like, he has the, the, the instant realization of like, Oh fuck. I've yeah. done something terrible. Um, but yeah, anyway, I say all that to say it, it's, the 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 double-edged sword of setting these characters in very particular times the way they have is you know it molds the character to a degree um it's what you ran into to a certain degree but in a completely different way uh with iron fist iron fist was a 70s 
white savior martial arts thing like like David Carradine was for Kung Fu. And what ended up becoming the problem was is they didn't even so much as update it at all other than let's give this white douchebag an iPod. And like <laughs> like I enjoyed Iron Fist. I know it was tr- troublesome for a lot of people and I get why it was, but like I fucking enjoyed it. I enjoyed both seasons. And like I really would have been perfectly happy if they had made him Asian or half Asian or something like because it it it, it did seem a little bit tone deaf. And like especially, too, when you have um, what's the guy's name? Finn uh, Finn Jones, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like Finn Jones comes up, he's like, oh, people just didn't, and he's British too, a little prick. And he was like, oh, 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 people just didn't understand what was going on, and obviously it's because of Donald Trump, and that's why they're mad at white people. And I'm like, no, because you fucking suck, you Napoleon Dynamite-looking piece of shit. Like, <laughs> it was just like, or what did somebody call him? A tr- a Trustafarian. Yeah, Trustafarian Ninja is what they called him. And I was like, <laughs> yep, there it is. Like, yeah, no, I'm totally with you, man. Like, a lot of these characters are out of time in a way. And like, if you don't do something with those characters, it's going to fuck them up. And, um, I want to, I want you guys to go into the things that you loved and and the things that you would want to see more. Um, just real quick. The thing that I absolutely loved about these movies is like, maybe they were cheesy. I don't care, but man, did they tug on your heartstrings because they know that for the most part, if you're watching these movies, you've watched all 23 that existed before. And like watching Tony Stark just crumble when Peter's like, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. And I was like, oh my God, that was gut-wrenching. It was so hard to watch. And like, we talked about it and I, I, met, I mentioned it on Facebook. I was like, yeah, watching uh, watching Infinity War, Peter Quill, still a piece of shit. And like, <laughs> Rambo, you did a really, really good job of contextualizing that and explaining that like, yeah, he is a piece of shit, but he was raised by pieces of shit. So do you blame him? And it, it that really like encapsulated like what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. He fucked up and he couldn't keep his cool, but that's part of who Peter Quill is. So and, one, one thing real quick and I'll, yeah. I realize I'm talking a fucking lot, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there's the, in, in prepping for this episode, I, I was just looking at the, uh, the end game and infinity war plots and yeah. just and looking at the bullet points, something that I hadn't even occurred um, that hadn't occurred to me until I, I saw it again um is not only is star lord you know one a fucking uh, uh, emotionally immature man child because he's been raised by monsters um and he finally found a woman that actually cares about him he cares about someone that 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 cares about him on more than the surface level and he cares about them on more than the surface level um and he just learned that she's dead but he honored his promise to murder her <laughs> And yeah. he followed through on that shit only to find out like, oh, yeah, your best wasn't good enough. I'm taking her now. Yeah, I've turned your gun into bubbles. Like, <laughs> yeah, the trauma that that dude went through. <laughs> I'm I'm 100 percent like, yeah, I, I, I totally get why he had the reaction. He, had, he did. Yes, yeah. it would have been a, like ideally it would have been great if, you know he had been able to maintain some self-control and they could have stopped Thanos. But guess what? We also would have gotten that second movie. So yeah. 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 Good point. Um, MC, give me, give me your, 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 your loves, your, your, the things you want to see more of. Uh, man, I, I'm not even sure where to start. 
Uh, I mean, the obvious. I, I really want to know uh, whether these rumble, whether these rumblings underneath Wakanda, like what, what's happening in this <laughs> five-year gap? What ha- like what happened? You lost your leader. You lost a lot of your leadership because obviously Wakanda was affected, like the rest of the world is. Oh, yeah. you, the Black Panther and his sibling, who would have taken over had he had he had he uh, uh, had she not had she not uh, been snapped too. What happened? What is the current state of Wakanda now that uh, it's been five years? You have these these uh, tr- these tremors that are coming from underneath that you're unwilling to address. Just what's going on? And and now that now that T'Challa is back, like is he automatically reassuming? Uh, the role is he automatically reassuming as Black Panther? Is Mbaku was Mbaku the de facto leader? Is he is he going to give up his uh, his role or whomever is in charge? Are they going to give up their role just because T'Challa is back and they've been in charge for five years and the people who are who were still there were not were, were serving under them and following them? These are, I'm, I'm, a great fucking question. These like are they, damn good questions. Yeah. Like there, there, there's a, there's a lot to really uh, to to unpack here. Like what, what, what is going on? Uh, just, just, uh, just with that, you know, uh, I, Shuri, you know, I, I, I honestly wish uh, we had gotten an opportunity for Shuri and Tony to like interact more. Yeah. Just because I feel like that would have been that would it would have just been awesome to see that just because of how smart she is and obviously Tony's super smart too, um, as well as Bruce and so like I, I just think that that could have been a really cool moment. Um, excuse me. There's a there's a really funny meme that's bouncing around the internet um, where it's um, Tony text messages um, T'Challa and he's like, hey man, I had some questions for you and T'Challa's like, not talking to you right now and he's like, what? He's like, you sent your Spider-Man here and he met Suri and like they've been like she oh. created her own spider suit and she's been whipping around Wakanda like some <laughs> pissed at you right now. And like that's that's so fucking wonderful. Like I, I I'm I'm so excited to see what else they're going to do. But like, yeah, like I completely forgot that there's been a five year gap. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's some good shit. And honestly, Rambo flashback to a Mike on the mic episode that we did. Man, did we talk about Dr. Doom? We talked about how badass he would be. What a fucking Victor Von Doom took over Wakanda. The amount. See, we'll see. Like, that would be fucking cool. But yep. um, MC talking about the rumblings. That is perfect setup for Namor. Yep. Oh, yeah. That is just idea. Like, yeah, there's we, yeah, there's because she doesn't say just rumbling. She says specifically earthquakes underwater. Like the ocean underneath Wakanda, there's, there's, there's like, there, there are seismic tremors. And, you know, like, what is like, what are we going to do about it? And, okay, okay, it's like, there are earthquakes underwater. You don't do anything about it. <laughs> like, what the fuck do you think we're going to do about it? We're going to go punch the, punch the rock in the, in the face. Um, right. Yeah. That is perfect setup for, uh, uh, for Namor. And it's, um, it's right there to be had. It's, it's yeah. right there. <laughs> And I think I, I, I believe is, I Wakanda, believe the like, directors isn't it landlocked, huh? Wakanda's landlocked though, isn't it? Isn't it like in the middle of the middle of the uh, continent? I don't rightly know. I know that the that um, hold on, before I sound like I'm full. I want to say I, it's I, like I, it's near the east coast or something. Like you're not wrong. But it's it's near like water. It's Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, if you look at if you look at it right here, like it, it shows, um, it's 
Like it's right above Nigeria. And like Nigeria borders the Atlantic Ocean. So like it's landlocked for sure. But like I mean that they can change that. I mean hell they snapped it. I don't know. Like <laughs> it's You don't really I, guess I mean but then yeah. but you could also think of it like maybe the tremors are just that big that they feel it where they are. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's just how that's just how intense that's just how intense um intense they are. Yeah. So that's, I mean, yeah, that, that's a great question, though, man. Like, I mean, I'm 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 curious about uh, Captain Marvel. Just, I mean, she's for for all the the hype that they came with her, and this is this is not shade at all. She, you know, she wasn't as involved in 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 game. Like, I mean, she was obviously important because she a found Tony, and b ripped shit through Thanos's uh, ship when it oh, when yeah. it seemed like <laughs> when it seemed like everything was was about to go was was about to go up in flames. Um, so, I mean, she, she, she was super badass, but I'm, I'm curious to see kind of what they do with her going forward. I'm curious to see how they, like, how they're going to tie her to two characters that we know are going to be coming. I'm yeah. curious how they're going to tie her to Miss Marvel, who is going to get a Disney plus show eventually, mm-hmm. how they're going to tie, how they're going to tie that together. And also how they're going to, uh, tie, tie that to Monica's story. Because I know Monica is showing up in WandaVision also, I believe. And so with with Captain Marvel seemingly being mostly a space-based hero so far, how like what is what what's gonna be her connection to these two characters who are earthbound, yeah. earth-based? Yeah, so you're thinking maybe we're gonna get all three versions of Captain or Miss Marvel. We'll see Carol, we'll see Kamala Khan, we'll see Monica Monica. Rambo. Like, we're going to see a a little bit of all three. Because, like, my big thing is, is, like, how the fuck do you stop her? Like, the way they made her is she's so OP. Like, she's – nobody nobody can fuck with her. So, like, how are you going to – she basically becomes Superman. How do you make her – how do you give her a a challenging villain? So, to answer your question – uh, I will point you toward Kelly Sue DeConnick's uh, uh, second volume run on that story, on that character, uh, wherein essentially the way you fuck with with Captain Marvel is you give her something she can't punch. Oh. You put her in situations where diplomacy is required. Um, Carol is a lot of things, but she's not often one to bite her tongue. Um, oh. So yeah, the, the, the first arc of the second volume of Kelly Sue's run starts off with her being like, yeah, let's fight. And everybody around her is like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, no, we, we can't do that. If we go to war, so many people will die. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. There's been discussion, too, that we might see Rogue pop up. And we might see that, like, Rogue be um, part of, like, essentially, like, a terrorist network that um, Carol is fighting. And the only problem that I have with that is, is you're essentially going to do the story where Rogue steals her, steals her powers. But now this is not just like super – this is not just flight and um, super strength Carol Danvers. This is like photon blast out of her fists and can fly through space. And like I don't know, man. Like that, that's a whole other level. Like, And that's I, what they're going to – yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say I, – I mean I think that would be a mistake on the MCU's part. I mean I, I think – one of the things we can give them credit for is they've done a 
pretty good job of knowing when to introduce characters and how to use those characters when they've when they've been introduced. Yeah. And so I like personally I I, I think just because we have a recent the recent stench of bad X-Men <laughs> that's still permeating <laughs> our our, uh, our our nostrils I, I, just... I, I would I would because we know uh, Captain Marvel 2 is slated for like 2022 I think 2020 maybe early 2023 yeah. I, I I think even, even that would be a little soon to try to introduce X-Men I think what you do now is you lay you lay the Easter egg you lay you lay the groundwork um, there was a I can actually use this as a, as a tie-in to uh, the thing about Scarlet Witch that I uh, wanted to mention earlier that I forgot. Oh yeah. Which was uh, they actually uh, after Marvel acquired the rights to the the X Men characters, they uh, conveniently, quietly retconned uh, uh, Scarlet Witch's origin. And they put it in a place that actually most people wouldn't have thought to look and wouldn't have thought anything about. Um, so Marvel, they they published their uh, Marvel Studios Visual Dictionary, you know, as, as a guide for for all of the characters. And so there's a really interesting, there's some interesting wording going on when they got to Scarlet Witch's character, and uh, in which it says, and I quote. She may be called Scarlet Witch, but Wanda's powers aren't de- derived from the occult. Whether it altered her entirely or merely unlocked something latent inside Wanda, the Infinity Stone in Loki's receptor bestowed incredible powers of the mind. Hmm. Ooh. Unlocked something latent inside her. There it is. There's your there's your mutant abilities. Yeah. So, and, and that's that's a retcon because. Uh, most because they 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 obviously I mean they weren't calling themselves mutant and yeah. they 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 um you know they were no references to the X gene or anything like that so I think that's kind of what that retcon uh, kind of alludes to right there is that the X this 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 gene was already inside Wanda and the uh, Infinity Stone simply just unlocked it and allowed her to possess abilities. I mean, and that could tie together with what Steve was saying before, too. You have this radiation event on the Earth that unlocks these genes that people had dormant and that opened it up. And that's how you get your here's where your mutants come from. I mean, like it makes sense as far as Disney's concerned now that they own the rights to these things. But like, would that be the best course of action? I mean, that's yet to be seen. Um, Let's do this. Rambo. Yo. What you got, man? What, like, what did you what did you really enjoy about this this two part end to the um the I don't even know what phase they're in now. Was it, that was phase four? Is that right? And no, now we're going into phase, phase five. We're, we're yeah. in phase four. We're yeah, that eight. was the end of phase three. Phase three. Okay. Um, what did you love about this, and then what do you want to see more of? Like, what did you what questions did you have about this that you wanted answered, or what more what things were are you just hyped about? Like, man, now this opens up the door for X. Um, I think probably overall the thing I really enjoyed the most was seeing character interactions that we wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Um, Tony and Doctor Strange like sniping at each other. Oh yes, was <laughs> just so great. Like the fact Stephen Strange being an incredibly egotistical man already, uh, 
being wholly unwilling to take any shit from Tony Stark <laughs> uh, was was pretty pretty wonderful. Um, Thor dealing with Star Lord and the rest of the Guardians, like see, seeing um, uh, Drax like fawn over Thor, um, just like, <laughs> like an, an angel and a pirate had a baby. <laughs> um, you know, like Ask that, Guardians that of the Galaxy, stuff, yeah. You know that that stuff. You you. It it's it it really is the the little things that really fill in the gaps and thing in places and 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 really add something to those stories. Um, but I mean, I don't know, man. Like I I made like a bullet pointed list for both these fucking movies, and there's a lot on there that was really impressively done. Um, but get, yeah, getting to see those individual interactions was was really big. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, and and up to and including things like the fucking A Force shot when you get the sequence where it's like, I mean, like I I know a lot of people were divided on how they felt about it. Uh, I don't give a fuck what the the fucking nerd fanboys had to say about it. I was mostly listening to the to the, the actual women who were talking about it, yeah. and even them were there was a lot of like, ah, I, I it wasn't earned. Uh, but then on the other hand, it was, yeah, but it was so cool to see that kind of shit. Um, the sequence where it's like every female superhero, every woman on that battlefield coming together mm-hmm. for a common goal. That shit was cool, man. Like yep, it was. Um, and, and that's basically why the directors left it in. They were they were conflicted as to where the whether they were gonna use it and they literally were like, It's just a fucking cool shot. Hundred <laughs> percent movie. Yeah. Was it earned? No. No, it wasn't. Um, at least in terms of like a narrative thing and, and, and no, by by way of, of uh, uh should like Disney get the credit for this kind of shit. Like, no, but then again, who's putting them up for like a Nobel prize or a Pulitzer or some shit. Like <laughs> this is a movie that is made of fan service. You, if you suddenly you're going to be upset, like, what is it? My, my, my friend Allison said, I am fine with a uh, fan service when I am the fan being serviced. Um, <laughs> and that really nails in like how I feel about it overall. Cause so much of it was just like, Hey, 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 hey! You want a hand job? How about how about I take care of you? You look a little stressed. How about we give you something? I know you've been you've been waiting for a decade for this payoff. Um, so how about we go ahead and 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 quit with the edging and like knock it out? Um, <laughs> I didn't think that edging was going to be something we brought up on this <laughs> fucking podcast. But here, for we are. anyone who knows what that is, you're welcome. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't, the internet exists. You'll figure um, it out. You're smart, guys. You got the internet. It's cool. But yeah, man, it, it ultimately, like, you know, like I said, I have, I have two big fucking lists for both these movies. But the thing that I really enjoyed the most was getting to see character interactions that we wouldn't normally see otherwise. Um, yeah. I mean, th- like I said, th- but there's tons of little things. Like, we get the first real acknowledgement of the Spidey sense in, the, in, in Infinity War. Like, that doesn't happen until that movie. Um, and it's, and it's just Peter on the bus and the fucking hairs on his arm stand up because yeah. like, like that's cool. And like the way it's handled is really slick. Um, thing, I mean, honestly, things I'd, I'd want to change. I, I'm sure there's something if I really had the time to think about it and could really analyze the movie, but I was really fucking impressed with how, how they were able to pull this off. I think if the movie has any kind of real failing, it's that it doesn't really work independent of the other movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
you it's not like really Avengers, show this. Avengers you can watch on its own. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Avengers I feel like you can watch on yeah. its own and, and, and show it to somebody who hasn't seen the other movies and they can at least get, have an appreciation for it. They can, they can they can enjoy it. But if you show these two movies to somebody who has not seen anything else in the MCU, it's going to be a lot of head scratching. A lot of like, wait, who's that? Why are they important? Who are they? Why are they significant? You and know, it's, yeah. I almost I I'm not disagreeing with you. Let me state that up front. But I'm almost curious. I almost want to run like a like a uh, a test. I almost want to take Jax, who's not seen any of these Marvel movies, and let him watch these, and see like how much he gets. Because like, the Hulk shows up, comes crashing through the thing, like, and then there's Doctor Strange, and he's gonna be like, "Who's that, Dad?" And I'm like, "That's Doctor Strange. What does he do? Oh, he's magic. Oh, okay." Like, I'm just wondering like how much of this is like easily explainable, in a sense. Like we we're so in it that we're like, "Oh, you have to have seen this in order to get this," but do you though? Like well, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory well, that Tony Stark can make armor suits and he's really smart and he can come up with cool shit. And like, just to know who and... these characters are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, and, and that's, even, that's you, have to, yeah. you have to have at least a base knowledge of who these people are. Okay. Even in the example you're using, yeah. you were there to answer questions for him. So we're talking like walking, yeah. watching it by yourself. If, you, if okay. someone were to come into these cold yeah. and not be able to get additional information beyond what they're seeing, I don't I, I think I think it would be like, oh, there's some cool action set pieces. Yeah. But I don't my my biggest problem with action movies that have weak stories or that have weak character development is if I don't care about the things exploding, if I don't care about the people, people exploding, I don't care that an, that explosion happened. I got you. Right. Yeah. OK. And we've had a we had a decade of character development and exploration and like we've seen these characters on these you know I hate to use this particular cliche but on these journeys and like having these these big changes in these these arcs and to see all of that come together like the 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 one word i wrote at the beginning of my infinity war list was payoff because <laughs> that's what it is that like yeah the, both of these movies it's it's what five five ish hours of uh, uh, just payoff of a decade's worth, 20, uh, what, 22, 23 movies? Yeah. Um, that's a fucking lot. But yeah. that is, that is a, 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 it's not a problem that I, I really am concerned about. Because right. to a certain degree, if you watch, if, if you watch Return of the Jedi and you haven't seen the first two movies, it's kind of on you. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a degree to which you should have done some research before you came at the end. Yeah, if you walk in the last 30 minutes of a story and you don't know, what, know what's going on, eh, there's some personal responsibility coming to play. Bro, yeah, it, that, that was going to be bucks. get a month of Disney Plus and watch it. Just, just stop. Right. <laughs> I would, that was good. That was that was going to be that was going to be my thing, which is I don't like I, when when Endgame came out and, and and I remember seeing all these articles of people being upset because they don't understand it because they didn't watch anything else. I mean, that's on you. Like yeah. if I if I were to just randomly decide to pick up an issue of uh, I don't know insert comic book character and yeah. I have no clue what the hell's going on, it's not their fault that I don't that I didn't read anything prior to understand what's going on in the story. Like if That's... you really like, it's why I don't feel bad. I, I don't like I like I get that they can't watch it independently, but I, it. it these movies also weren't. I don't think they were made to be just independent because they were fitting into this, you know, decade this decade long story that they've been doing. 
that's why like when people mm-hmm. were complaining they were because remember when when feige uh, announced he was like hey in order to get the movies and like understand everything that's going on going on you're gonna have to watch the tv shows that are on disney plus as well and people got shitty about it it's it's seven dollars a month Seriously, like it's seven dollars a month. Like, get the fuck over yourself. But not only that, too, to bitch about that. If you have you ever been on the internet, there are (laughs) a million ways to find things. Like, it's just why why do I have to do all this? Oh, you don't. Like, but I want to know everything. Okay, well then you do. You got to pay to play, bro. Like, I mean, or like, what did what were they expecting? Like, the ghost of Stan Lee to just show up at their house and sit on a rocking chair and tell them all the stories? Like, right. come here, true believers. <laughs> Let me tell you about the Avengers. Like, it's uh, yeah, man. And and, I, and this is the thing people have been asking for for years because yes. people were wondering, hey, is is the uh, is the Marvel shows on the, on Netflix? Are they are they connected to the movies at all? Are they? Uh, you know, is is Daredevil and Jessica Jones like? Are they gonna show up in Infinity War? Is that are they part of it? No, they're not. They're not because of internal issues at Marvel. Now they can have the uniformity to where you you can get all of these characters, and they don't all have to be in in the in the films. You you can you can get all of these characters. You can tell different types of stories because not every story is gonna work in movie form. Not every story is gonna can, can work in in a short six episode series like the like the ones that they're getting. So I mean, it, it's it's silly to complain about. You're getting the uniformity that that people have been asking for for Marvel. Now all of these characters that you're gonna you're gonna get, they're all gonna be in the same universe. They're all it's... gonna operate under the same umbrella. Moon Knight might show up in uh, after his series might might show up in uh, Blade. You know, like that that's that's how this is gonna work. It's a it's overall a positive thing. And then by by the same token, you you'll have the series to go to if you are interested in said character that shows up in the movie that you're unfamiliar with. Yeah. It, it's just it's so lazy. Like I want everything and I want it free and I want it now. Like it's like how many fucking uh, hours of TV but, do I have to watch? You don't have to watch any of it. You don't exactly. <laughs> Not to mention, you have YouTube. You're going to have a million people doing reviews for these shows when they're out. Excuse me, when they're out. You can go watch somebody's 10-minute review that'll that'll tell you everything that you need to know about this series that you refuse to pay $7 to watch. Some fanboy douchebag gatekeeper who will be like, well, I didn't like this because it didn't service this one comic book I read back in 87. And it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah like, it's, it, it's, it's too much and it's never enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so, so we've talked about Discworld before, right? Uh, Terry Pratchett, yes. Terry Pratchett, yeah. Absolutely my favorite author, hands down. Um, Discworld is incredibly connected. Uh, there's 40 plus books. There's probably like 50 some odd books at this point. I mean, well, there's no new ones coming out, but, uh, um, at last count, there was like around 50 ish. Um, and like I said, they're, they're really, really well connected books. They're really like very much intertwined. Do you have to read all of them? Nope. You don't. Absolutely not. You can, you can pick up individual character books. You can pick up specific novels and and read them and, and be good to go. But if you have read them all, there are Easter eggs everywhere. For example, um, at one point, the librarian of the Wizard University in uh, uh, like, the, like the big name Wizard University on, on in this world gets turned into a Ray and 10. 
it's, there's a fucking magical accident that happens and he gets turned into a fucking orangutan. And it takes like months, but they manage to figure out how to turn him back. And he refuses to let them. He prefers being an orangutan. He cannot speak. He is a fucking monkey. Like that is all he can do. Like he's, he still has his brain. He still has his mind, but he cannot communicate. Like he can't write and he can't read uh, or he can't uh, uh, speak. Um, so you'll be reading a book and, you know, our lead character will be at the, you know, one of the local pubs, the, 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 the broken drum or the mended drum or, or whatever drum, depending on like where in the timeline the, the, the book falls. Um, and there will be an aside. There will be like two sentences uh, re- referencing um, a, you know, an orange fur covered uh, leathery paw reaches up from beneath the, the bar, grabs a handful of peanuts and disappears. And that's all you'll get. And the story will keep on going. And if you don't know that the librarian is an orangutan, you have no fucking clue what just happened. But guess awesome. what? It doesn't derail the story. It just keeps going. It's I'm sick. I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sick of the particular nerd bitching of I want to know everything and I want it for zero effort. No. Yeah. If you want to know what's happening read the book, watch the movie, listen to the podcast, you know, fucking, uh, uh, watch the TV series. But if you don't want, if you don't want to put in that effort, make peace with the fact that there's just shit. You're not going to be able to understand immediately. It's as simple as that. You cannot have it both ways. Well, and it is like, it's satisfying too. Like from, from the standpoint of somebody who's like getting into a new series, like, um, I always heard people saying like, you have failed this city and getting all geeked up about it at fucking comic cons and shit when they saw John Barrowman. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's an arrow thing. Who gives a fuck? Right. And then like <laughs> finally watching arrow and understanding it. And I was like, oh, this is okay. All right. This is kind of cool because it's a whole thing. And it was kind of cheesy. And it was like his catchphrase for a minute there. Okay. All right. Now I get it. Like it. But it was never something that I was just like, explain this to me for free right now, like grabbing John Barrowman by like the the lapels of his shirt and like shaking him like fucking explain this shit. Like, I just don't again, we've talked about this before. We're not dicks, you know, like (laughs) we, we get that there needs to be work done to appreciate things. And it's not something that like just is handed to you. So, um, Let's do this. I want to. I'm, I'm like going away with this rant, but what do you want to see next? Like, what did what did Infinity War and Endgame present where you're like, oh fuck, I can't wait for this to happen? Or now that I know they're going to be doing a series for this, like, what are you looking forward to, or what could happen next that you're the most excited about? And then we'll kind of wrap things up. Expansion. I with with um with them clearing the board as far as the the major heroes concerned. Um or at least opening up a lot of spots. Uh, I am excited to see what new ideas and new characters are going to bring in. I am fucking hyped about fantastic four. Um, I'm, I'm less so excited about the X-Men, but I'm very curious to see what an MCU X-Men looks like. Um, I, I, Hey, maybe we'll finally get that Hulk movie that we were never going to get because of the universal shit. Um, maybe we're finally going to get some, like, I, I, if I honestly, if I had to nail it down to one character, I want my fucking Doctor Doom, man. I want an MCU Doom so badly. Because one of the things that you said earlier that I thought you were going to say when you yeah. mentioned Doom 
was not uh, um, Doom as invading Wakanda, but yeah. five years is a lot of time for a small uh, for 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 the the ruler of a small Eastern European country to really build an empire. Um, a especially, lot could have happened. <laughs> oh yeah, especially in the power vacuum that is the disappearance of Sokovia, because it literally got ripped out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the whole region is devastated because of that. And like, hang on a second. Um, what happened in our history where an entire region was devastated by something and then a despot came up from the ashes of that? Uh, oh, yeah. World War fucking two. Like, yeah. So like you make him Hitler, like essentially, even though you already had that in the Red Skull, but fucking whatever. It doesn't matter. Like. It makes perfect sense that that's how history has always worked is when bad shit happens to an area and then like your quote unquote good guys, your allies just kind of like wash their hands of the whole thing. And they're like, well, that solves another problem. Let's leave Eastern Europe to just do fucking whatever. Who cares? Then bad shit happens. And it's it's a it keeps repeating itself. Yeah, that'd be that would be great for fucking doom to show up, wouldn't it? Oh. There's a uh, there, <laughs> there's a yeah. Green Lantern alien crossover comic. Um, that starts with Hal Jordan dealing with the aliens, the fucking xenomorphs, and he just, like, drops them on a planet, and he's like, well, that's taken care of, and he just flies away. (laughs) And that's the the cold open of the story. And the story itself is is Kyle Rayner having to end up going to that planet, you know, a decade or two later, and deal with these fucking monsters, that if Hal had just done his fucking job to begin with, it wouldn't have been a problem. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. Like, he all like... but, like, like, smacks his hand and is like, ha ha! <laughs> <laughs> That's, that solves that problem. I'm sure this will never rear its ugly head. I'm sure Ridley Scott will never want to revisit this. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah I think overall like I think we're all just itching to see more stuff aren't we like at this point like it's it's kind of the the byproduct of quarantine is we're all just like give me something new and we have to wait and it's it's really going to test our patience I think the next movies or TV series regardless of what they are people are just going to go nuts say what now September what do we got coming in September Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier fuck yeah right right now right now it, right now marvel's still planning to yeah. release their series at the time they're planning to so that means falcon and winter soldier in september or well, around september and then wandavision sometime this winter yeah i um i'm excited either way like i i yeah, <laughs> just like I, I've I've really appreciated the MCU a lot more as I've gone back and watched these movies. Um, I just finished uh, Ultron what was the last one that I watched. So I got to remember wh- which one comes next um, chronologically. I don't remember. It's Civil War. No, it was Ant-Man and then Civil War. Oh, I fucking love Ant-Man. OK, I'm going to enjoy the shit out of that. So Ant-Man and Civil War. Yeah, and then I enjoyed Ant-Man. it a lot more in my yeah. second go around. I really didn't care about it that that much. What, Ant-Man? For, yeah. I it, just, was cool. I love... it was cool because I ended up liking I ended up I, well at first I liked Ant-Man 2 more than I liked the first they're both pretty good now like I, I enjoy Ant-Man 1 a lot more now that I've rewatched it since uh, whenever I watched it the first time yeah 
uh, Rambo just sent me the link to uh, Green Lantern vs. Aliens, and I'm going to have to read this later. Let me save this bookmark. Um, I will say, in rereading the, the plot summary, yeah. Hal isn't nearly as much of an asshole as I remember him being. But I <laughs> you kind of project you kind of projected that onto him. He's a total douchebag. <laughs> Basically, he oh, makes he makes decisions and not like he's like I'm not going to commit a small genocide because these are not evil beings. They're just really dangerous. I'm just going to leave them here. And then later on, Kyle Rayner's like, "Fuck, I got to clean up this fucking mess." So it's kind of like Captain Kirk leaving Khan on SETI Alpha Five. Eh, this will work itself out. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm simply later. going to leave him alone and just assume that everything worked out. <laughs> Again, like that. Got it. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> like like high fiving motherfuckers on the Enterprise as he's leaving City Alpha Five. Did you see that shit that I did? I left that asshole on that planet. I was like, you guys are smart. You'll figure it out. That was fucking great. I'm gonna go bang our Yale men right now. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, as we just did more um, fanfic for Captain Kirk plowing some of his crew members. <laughs> I want to make sure we give a shout out since we mentioned fanfic. Uh, the Fic List, good friends of ours, uh, great podcast. Check them out. It's The Fic List. You can look them up on uh, iTunes. Had uh, had them on an interview. MC and I interviewed them a while back. Uh, good people, man. I'm I'm really impressed with the work that they're doing. But like, not only that, like in the current time and climate that we exist in, it, it's a time where watching people stand up and take like really put their feet in the sand and, and say, no, this is fucked up and I'm not going to let this slide. Like I'm not going to have a medium, whether it be a podcast or a website or you're a, a, a TV star or you're uh, a musician, but like people who are standing up and saying, this is wrong and I'm not going to just like sugarcoat this. I'm not going to beat around the bush because I might potentially alienate some people. Like this is the time where I'm seeing like who, the allies are like who is going to shape this world who's going to be the people that we can trust going forward and like rambo even you mentioned it you don't like sports and you even know that drew uh, drew Brees is a Fuck piece of shit you, drew Brees, right yep. that that's telling you everything that you need to know it, it's it's being easily identifiable who His it is stupidity and bigotry yeah. is cross-cultural <laughs> exactly yes and it, it was <laughs> <laughs> the fucking, you know, broken away from the sports uh, uh, arena and into various other places. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fucking mess, dude. It, that's the best way to put it. Like, it, it makes me proud to know that like some of the people that I follow on Twitter that I followed for other reasons are, are taking these stands, and it's awesome. And like, I'm not gonna get all political about this. Um, we we've made it very clear on GGR how we feel about things about how we are we're we're inclusive we we want everybody to be part of this but you cannot be part of our refuge if you think racism is okay if you think sexism is okay if you think that like love isn't love like if you're gonna say well well because it's pride month you know if you're gonna be like oh i don't agree with that like you don't have to agree with it you just accept it let live and let live like i wanted to at least say that on the podcast because this doesn't feel like a time where we should be like, well, we don't want to offend anybody. No, we do. Yeah. Yeah. I sure as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Do. I'm, I'm, I'm totally good with offending. <laughs> and, if you, and if you've, if you've lived in a bubble and you've listened to this podcast and you think like, Oh, these guys are just going to give me nerdy geeky content. 
Um, and they somehow agree with me that racism is okay and that it's okay for the president of the United States to, um, by proxy of his attorney general, order park police to fire upon innocent civilians to clear out a park of peaceful protesters so that he can march over to a church and stand in front of that church with a Bible for a photo op. There's a problem. There's a huge problem with that. I'm not a religious person. We've discussed this before. I have my beliefs. It's kind of somewhere in between something. I don't know what. Like, I grew up Jewish, but my my dad's side of the family is Christian, so I know all the amens and hallelujahs. But I'm not an expert. But I've studied it enough to know what's right and what's wrong, and that was fucking wrong. It's blasphemous to stand in front and say, I'm doing this thing for God. Look at me hold this 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 sacred text in front of this sacred place after after shooting at people for peacefully protesting the murder of an innocent man. That's let's, just wrong. Uh, let's disabuse people of the notion that there's such a thing as being apolitical. Because yeah. it's that's not true. It's it's, no, it's not, not true and it's not possible. You either take a stand, um, be it for the stance of the oppressor or the oppressed, or you don't. And if you don't, you have chosen to side with the oppressor. But this idea that you can somehow opt out of society, unless you're going to move into the fucking woods and live off the land, you haven't. You are part of this. If you don't vote, you allow everyone else to make your vote for you. So if it was at any point unclear independent of the show this is purely my view but i am sure and very confident and very happy that this is also coincidentally the view of the show overall black lives matter and if you have a problem with that you can lick the hairiest part of my ass <laughs> there's I, no reason in the world why anyone should take issue with that no, the the, no. the Black Lives Matter bit, not the not the the, the ass thing. <laughs> well, no, they um, have to agree to that too. I'm sorry, yeah. that's a, that's I mean, a well, clear part of it package yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm 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 gonna not do the white guy thing, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna let the the one person of color on the show have the final <laughs> word on this. <laughs> that was yeah. that was actually you, that was actually my my plan too because um you, <laughs> he is. He he is our representative person of color um, on this particular podcast, and it's a conversation that him and I have had many, many, many times that I, I will never at any point tell him, well, this is appropriate and this is not because I, it's not my place to say that. He, he has a home here, and he should feel comfortable with the way that we do things, and like I, I, couldn't, I couldn't in good conscience run this website if I didn't say something, you know? Like. Yeah. I, how how am I how am I going to tell people? Oh hey, we're inclusive. Oh hey, don't be a juice bag. Where I just stand by and say, hey guys, I don't want to talk about all this bad stuff that's going on. Let's talk about Star Wars. Like, you know what Star Wars was about? Like, <laughs> it was about fascism. Like, and what are we fucking seeing, man? Like, it's. I think I, Rambo, perfect man. Like, I, I think you're 100 percent correct. MC, give us the last word on this, man. This is you can you can sign us off tonight. I think that's great. <laughs> um. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I do want to say, uh, um, as, uh, I'm going to repeat something that I told you the other day, Mike, when we were talking that 
Uh, the fact that we, that GGR overall is taking this very public stance makes me very proud to be part of it. It makes me proud to know and be friends with the both of you uh, because I see how you guys operate on social media and, and I'm very happy that you guys are taking the stances you've taken and I'm happy that GGR is taking the stance that, that, that it is publicly taken, public, excuse me, publicly taken. Black Lives Matter. It's it's not it's not a controversial statement. It's just a statement of fact. It's it's a necessary statement. It should be the thing that everyone believes, regardless of what walk of life you come from, because regardless of the fact that we're all that we all come from different places, my life matters, just like your life matters, just like everyone's life should matter, but at the hands of law enforcement and and ultimately the the system that we operate that we operate in. It's been shown over and over again that not so much, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, George, uh, whether it's George Floyd, whether it's Breonna Taylor, whether it's Ayanna Stanley Jones, whether it's Trayvon Martin, uh, whether it's uh, Ayanna Dior, who was beaten <laughs> after a peaceful protest the other day, like regardless of where where. Regardless of, of where, of who or who it is or where they come from, this country has shown over and over that, you know, black life seemingly is a non-factor. It, it doesn't matter at all. And so and so this is not the time to this is not the time to, as Rambo said, be apolitical. This is not the time to put your head in the ground and try to try to hide from everything that's going on. We're in the middle of a pandemic. And, and, and the fact that you have you have millions of people across 50 states and 18 countries outside being amongst their fellow people protesting because they know what's going on specifically in this country, but not just not just here, but but in recent weeks, what's been going on here and what's been going on for the last 400 plus years, it's not right. It's not right. It needs to change. And, and, and people from all backgrounds are coming together and saying, you know what? We can't stand for this anymore. People who previously didn't seem to under, didn't get it or wanted to be argumentative or just wanted to act like, you know, their, their sports are more important than my humanity Acting like their their uh, their 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 entertainment more important than, than my humanity and the humanity of the of, of, of the other people who, who look like me and had experiences like me. There a lot of people are starting to get it, and I'm not giving them credit for getting it now. I just want them to do their part, and I hope that to all the people listening that you're doing your part, whether that's raising awareness whether that's having those difficult conversations with the people in your life, whether it's donating money, whether it's going out onto the streets and being among the people as they continue to protest while in the middle of a pandemic for a virus that we currently don't have a cure for or even a treatment for, which just goes to show how important this is, that people are willing to literally be putting their own lives and health on the line for something that is just as important, that is as important as, as any other issue 
that that we have had to address in this country for for as long as as we've been here. So I'll end by saying this. If you disagree with anything that has been said by myself, by Mike, or by Rambo, or with the statement that that we put out the the other day, we don't want you here. We you can go find you can go find your fandom elsewhere. Go find the podcast that will that will turn a blind eye um, and, and have a deaf ear to what's going on right now. But we don't want you here. It, I just want to make that be perfectly known. We don't want you here. We want people who are going to agree that Black Lives Matter, that it's important to take a stand, that we don't live in a we don't live in a country anymore. We don't live in a society anymore where you where where you can be seemingly apolitical. Like, no, we need to know where you stand. That's why so many other brands and organizations have been making us have have, have uh, publicly been tweeting things out. They've made donations. They they've 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 done at a minimum the bare minimum that they can do, which is make a statement, make give donations. But that's just the start. And so again, if you disagree with any of that, we don't want you here. We we want people who want to celebrate my life, celebrate the lives of of those who've been lost, celebrate the lives of of those who matter. Celebrate the life of all of, of all the unfortunate victims. And so um, I think I think that's it. The simple statement that like, hey, a black person's life matters is not something that's negotiable. Oh, well, all lives matter. Fuck off. You don't say that to people. You do not say that to people. If somebody tells you this is the thing that matters to me, you don't just brush that off and say, well, you know what, you know what really matters is all these other things. No, this is the thing right now. And all lives can't matter if black lives don't matter. And Rambo eloquently put it when he helped me write our mission statement that this is something that we may not be many, but there's always room as long as you're understanding that this is, this is who we should be as a community. This is, this is who we should be as people. And that decency is not something that's negotiable. So on that note, um, it's it's not something that I, I, I want to make light of. So I'm not going to be like, so check us out next week, guys. No, like this is <laughs> this means a lot to us because we want everybody to have a seat at the table so that we can all move forward. And that's not going to happen if things continue the way they are. And that's why people are so upset. That's why they're protesting. And I'm not going to say if you're with us, if you're not with us, you're against us. No, I'm, I'm going to say that if you're, if you're hearing these things and this is making you mad and you're crossing your arms and you're saying, well, I've read this and I've read that. Maybe you should just think and listen, listen to the, the, the heartache that's being poured out by, by people across the world, by people on, on social media posts in, in, in person, in protests, on podcasts and articles, we, we care. And, and we want everybody to care. And that shouldn't be something you have to explain to somebody. And Rambo, I'll, Rambo, I'll give you a chance, man. I mean, anything else or... or, or... The hairiest part <laughs> of my ass. <laughs> For all of us here at GGR, you can lick the hairiest part of our ass if you disagree. <laughs> 
just don't be a juice bag, guys. That that's what this is all about. Care about people. And we'll see you next time. For listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. Juice bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.